Welcome back to the Wizard Staff. I'm your host, Guy. And I'm Blake. And we are two drunk novices who like to talk about EDH. We drink and swear, so you've been warned. Please drink responsibly when you're talking about children's card games. Today, we have my very special guest, Alex. Hello! I'm Alex. That one's me. Yes. <laughs> and he's here to talk about Legends of Runeterra with us. Woo! Woo! Yes. Alright, so we are going to be going through what is Legends of Runeterra, what are like some of the gameplay mechanics and like the different aspects of the game, and then kind of do a compare and contrast of what Legends of Runeterra is to Magic the Gathering, because Legends of Runeterra just came out a few days ago to like everyone, I guess, or... I it mean, exited the open beta. Yes. It had its, its full release, so you could play it. But now it's like officially out, and it's now it's on mobile is the big thing. Yes, which is something that it has already up on Magic. <laughs> Being <laughs> on mobile, yeah. I mean, Arena's coming to mobile, right? I've heard that. Yes. Eventually, yes. Eventually, TM. But uh, I think it needs to come to the Mac first, which they've been very slow on. But anyway, that's that's different discussion uh, for a different point. All right, let's get into. Alex, okay. What are we drinking? We are drinking Angry Orchard uh, because when you asked me about my drink preference, the answer that, like, my true answer as to what my favorite drink is would be like a, a, a some kind of cocktail. Uh, probably like I would go for an amaretto sour, but I don't want to make you make me mixed drinks. So we went with Angry Orchard. Uh, I <laughs> am an absolute baby in what I drink. Uh, I like things that are sweet and fruity. <laughs> and that's that's the type of life I like to lead. You know. Very nice. Yeah, I definitely don't know. I, I I don't even remember what you said about like the mixed drink. I don't know what it's called. I doubt I could even like. Guy, weren't say, you a bartender for a few months? I I always like follow <laughs> up with I was a bartender, but I was definitely the worst bartender ever because I I didn't even know any drink that anyone would ask me and how to make it. <laughs> Okay. Excellent. All right. That's all right. Uh, and, Blake, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I am drinking. Uh, I'm already tipsy. This is the tr this is the problem about getting tipsy. Is it's hard to read words. It's a uh, Sonoma Coutrer. It's a rosé Pinot Noir from 2017, and it's a uh, it's a very good wine uh, red uh, good to drink at like two in the afternoon. Yes, it is. 2 p.m. as we've started drinking. Uh, that's the quarantine life for you. Yes. <laughs> you, you drink at all hours of the day now. It's just how it works. Yeah. We hope everyone is also safe and staying indoors. Uh, hopefully we'll all get through this and be able to play some card games again together. Children's card games. All right. Alex, how long have you been playing Magic? And do you have a favorite card? Um, I started playing Magic... I guess technically like right before the release of Return to Ravnica, so like the most recent set that was out when I learned the game was the core set 2013, um, but the uh, Return to Ravnica was the first set that I was around for the release of. Uh, my, my favorite card is Snapcaster Mage. Um, 
my favorite kind of magic to play is like low to the ground efficient spells. Um, like my 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 favorite two formats would be uh, Pioneer and then probably Modern. Although I've only played a, a, a little bit of Modern, I've only ever had like a single Modern deck. Um, but like I played some Proxy Modern and things like that, and it was really fun. So I, I enjoy Snapcaster Rage because uh, I, I like spell based decks. And I like value, and it's got both. <laughs> Do you I was gonna kind of, I was gonna kind of like comment like we're playing like EDH, the format known for like these giant CMC spells, not necessarily low to the ground. So I just find that a little bit funny. Yeah. Well, okay. So I really like like sixty card constructed uh, magic, but I've definitely played more than my fair share of, uh, of commander in commander i kind of shift a bit and i <laughs> i tend to play group hug decks like i really like what? playing zedru and then uh what is kineos and tiris or something like that that I, I just call them gay kings i love the gay kings <laughs> love it and since we're talking about legends of runeterra what would be your favorite legends of runeterra card and what does it do because I'm sure no one would really be able to tell that at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my answer to this, it's close, but I would go with, um, there's a card called Heimerdinger, which is one of the champion cards, which we'll get into later. Basically he is an overcosted small dude. He's a five mana one. Three. <laughs> um, but whenever you cast a spell, and Legends of Runeterra uses the word spell to mean like instants and sorceries, basically. So whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, um, you get a creature that costs zero in your hand with the same converted mana cost and rough stats equivalent to that spell. It's weird. There's there's they're like really specific. He has like a specific creature for cost like zero through eight. Um, but generally speaking, you play a four mana spell with Heimerdinger out. You get a free creature that is roughly like as powerful as a four mana creature. So you just really like the effect that it has more than like the art or Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Definitely the 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 gameplay part of it for sure. Uh, I I mean it's spell based and it's value. Who who can complain? <laughs> the two things you love. The two things I love. That's right. Been able to play a few games myself now and Elise I, I believe that's that's how you say it, right? Yeah, Elise. Yep. All Spider right. one. Yeah, I like her a lot, and I mean, I've probably only gotten to play like five or six games total, but Death and Spiders, or Spiders and Taxes, whatever like this constructed deck that kind of is just given to you, that's probably the way that I like it, because it just creates a bunch of spiders, and it just seems like really good value to me. I don't know. It's It feels pretty cool. I, I need to play the game more before I could actually like say yeah. anything. The deck that you're talking about is basically like a tokens slash aggro deck. Yeah. So, so Alex, you've been playing for a long amount of time. Guy, you've you've played the uh, game for a, a little bit and two days. I two days, and I have watched like maybe five hours of tutorials. Never actually played. So nice. that's okay. our level so, of experience. I, I already feel like you have more experience just because you've watched more <laughs> than I've played. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. What's the the big question is what is Legends of Runeterra? Uh, okay, yes, Legends of Runeterra. Uh, let me try that again. 
Legends of Runeterra is a card game developed by Riot Games, which is the, the company that's developed League of Legends is their main thing that they're known for. Though they recently announced a bunch of other games, uh, and like I think Valorant has been tearing up Twitch lately. The game was first announced uh, and entered like its first like small window of a, of a closed beta uh, on the 10th year anniversary of League of Legends, and it entered open beta uh, in January on the 24th. And it has now been released in full for like two days at the time of recording. So like they had their first big set release came out two days ago, um, and now the game's on mobile and you can you can play it anywhere. Very cool. You say that it's um, made by the same company, Riot Games. They're they're known for League of Legends, but Legends of Runeterra is kind of connected to the League of Legends universe. Correct. Yeah, yeah, they exist in the same universe. It's like it's like how Hearthstone is to to World of Warcraft. Legends of Runeterra is to League of Legends. Do, can you, do you know enough about the League of Legends lore to kind of give like a general overview of like what it is? For sure. Um, so the the League lore when like the game first came out in two thousand nine, I want to say like ages ago. It was basically just like they they had a game built, they had game mechanics, and they just sort of slapped a lore alongside it <laughs> to sort of like justify like the game mechanics. Like it, it was a lore built to work around the game, and not at all like uh, uh, it wasn't very good. Basically, so like I think <laughs> after like five years or something, they officially said, "Hey, we're scrapping most of our canon because it's bad." And there's wow. not a lot of room for things. So since then, they've been working on developing the rest of the lore, uh, which they haven't had a ton of opportunities to do, like big plot developments, like how Magic does. Like Magic has whole arcs with with characters and stuff, and like we followed like the Gatewatch through through a bunch of different things. The League of Legends universe, like League of Legends as a game, doesn't have a lot to do with lore in the actual gameplay. So it, the only time they really had to develop the lore was when they released a new character and they had to like explain who they were and where they came from. Um, but generally speaking, uh, you can think of it like Rune Terra is like the air quotes world in which magic exists. You can think of it as like a plane. It's more or less like a continent with like some islands and stuff. Um, I'm not actually totally sure if it's if it's implied to span like the whole like air quotes like globe like a like a planet in um, but you could you could plot it out all on on a map similar to like Middle Earth or whatever and there are a variety of factions which you can basically think of as countries that span different geographical territories on the map. So there in Magic, there's like the different planes. So like each set take like Ravnica or with like the most recent one, Ikoria, those don't ever coincide with each other because they exist on different planes or different dimensions. But with Legends of Runeterra, it's more like just one big Earth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so we'll now kind of talk a bit about the gameplay, why don't we? Hey, uh, how about that? Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. So let's just take some time and kind of talk about that. So. We're going to try to keep it simple for all you listeners, but know that this is a complicated game. We are going to try our best. So, it's also a very play... new game, and we're yes. trying to learn a little as we talk. So, forgive us if we make some mistakes, especially if you're listening to this in the future, and you're like, that's not at all correct. That's not how it was done. We're doing our best. There's not as much knowledge to this game 
unlike Magic, where it's been around for 25-plus years. True. And also, yes. it's worth noting that, like, unlike Magic, it's entirely digital, so, like, things get patched and balanced and changed, so it's possible that random details are incorrect. Like, for, for as an example, uh, a rule that is effect in the game that's in effect in the game is you can only have up to six creatures in play at once basically um Mm -hmm. and throughout all of the open beta until like two days ago if you had six creatures you just couldn't play anymore and only only like two days ago did they adjust that rule so that if you have six creatures in play if you play a seventh one you basically choose one of your creatures and exile it so it's possible that they change like small, small how certain rules work or how like certain cards work in the future. But yeah, there's the disclaimer. Okay. So with that disclaimer out of the way, let's get to it. Uh, you play one v one, and your nexus or your life total uh, starts at twenty, and the player that can reduce the enemy nexus's health down to zero or achieve a win condition from their cards wins that game. Yes. Sounds simple enough. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've crushed it so far. Woo. I, All I right. mean, yeah, that sounds pretty similar to most other formats in Magic, where, I mean, we are an EDH podcast that does the multiplayer with the 40, and, yeah, just completely bigger numbers. So, but yes, each player has a deck. Decks can only have 40 cards in them, of which six can be champion cards. More on that later. And a max of three copies per card. Uh, yep. And if the, the so I, I'm looking at your your show notes here. You have if the if the game reaches round forty, the game will end in a tie. This is a fun fact. Uh, I did not actually know that uh, until <laughs> I read your show notes because uh, I it's literally never come up. Yeah, uh, games are usually like ten to fifteen minutes. It's rare that you will like have a super long game that reaches like turn forty or something like that. What round would you say you normally get to in a game? Um, I, I don't really count them to be honest, but I feel like usually, like you're so, um, you gain one mana per turn up to a cap of ten, similar to Hearthstone. If anyone's ever uh, played that, um, so I feel like usually once you start, once both players start hitting ten mana, the game ends if it hasn't already within a couple of turns. Okay, on average. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so quick question on the whole 40 rounds, like, in Magic, if you would, like, draw a card and you have no deck, you die. Does that happen in Runeterra? Yeah, yep, same rule. If you draw a card and you've got no cards in your deck, that's it, you lose. Okay, that's good to know. Guess we'll just keep on rolling out here. Wait, wait, self-mill. Oh, yeah, Yeah. oh, so, milling, in in quotes, like, you can mill out, but uh, milling as a strategy isn't, like, a huge part of the game currently. They just, in the the set that released two days ago, uh, added a archetype that, like, self-mills itself, like, where it's basically, your deck starts with 40 cards, and this has a bunch of cards that care about if you can get down to 15 or less cards in your deck, so to help that, um, their version of air quotes milling is called toss, um, which is a weird name. But basically, they have fixed some of the frustrations around milling in, in games like Magic by instead of uh, milling from the top card of your deck, like you you put a card from the top of your deck into your graveyard, you mm-hmm. exile cards from the bottom of your deck. 
So you never have salty moments where you like <laughs> at, at mill a card and go, oh, damn it, that's the one I wanted. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I didn't even like think of it. Okay, that, that's kind of yeah, nice. It's like least. functionally the exact same, but without like the, the frustration of people getting tilted from milling their good <laughs> cards, even though they had equal chance to mill their bad cards. Um, so other alt win cons in the game, I so I hear most of them come through game mechanics. Uh, sorry, not game mechanics, but more like the effects on cards. Yeah, most games you're gonna play and by somebody's life total or their nexus health, as you can refer to it. I'm gonna like just for context. I'm gonna mentally translate a bunch of things into magic speak so that it's easier to understand. Um, yeah, we'll probably be doing that a lot magic. during this episode. Good, good. Um, yeah, so most games end when your life total goes to zero. Um, but there are uh, some cards that say, that have like a you win the game clause on them. Um, in general, those cards are a little bit better in Legends of Runeterra than I've experienced them be in Magic. Usually, like, if a card says you win the game on it in Magic, it's either like super bad or it's like a combo piece and something broken. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Happily Ever After <laughs> and Thassa's Oracle. Two good examples of you win the game. <laughs> One being really bad, Thassa's Oracle being really good. Yeah. So an example of that sort of text in uh, Legends of Runeterra is there's a like a 3-3 a three -three with the, the clause on it that if it successfully kills four units uh, and survives, you win the game. And, and so that's like actually achievable if you build a deck around it um but yeah there's there's not it's it's not quite as like it, it's either broken or it sucks as in magic hmm. interesting they're more relevant all right so another gameplay feature is players play in rounds one player is on attack and the other is on defense the player on attack gets an attack token for free and has priority first the player on attack during round one is random so this is different. Similar to Magic, you each draw your opening hands. Uh, and yeah, somebody is, the game just assigns someone to go first. But the way I would think about turns in this game is in Magic, we each take our, our turns individually. Uh, it's my turn, and then it's Guy's turn, and then it's your turn. Yeah. And on our turn, all of our resources refresh. So like mm -hmm. I can save my mana to do things on, on Guy's turn, but that means like not doing things on my own turn. Basically, in Legends of Runeterra, you can think of it like both players share the same turn. At the beginning of each turn, both players' resources refresh. You just alternate who is attacking and who is blocking. Hmm. So on, okay. on my turn, air quotes, uh, I will have an opportunity to attack and you're the one blocking. And then when we uh, end the turn, then on the next turn you're attacking and I am blocking. This whole concept of rounds, I would say, is probably one of the most notable uh, features of this card game compared to other card games. I it's I do want to... This is probably not relevant to a lot of people just because nobody's probably played this game as much, but the Digimon <laughs> trading card game Ooh. actually did a very <laughs> similar thing. Um, Super I was, niche. <laughs> I was reading about kind of like... Or watching gameplays and like trying to learn just because I had a lot of the cards as a kid but um, it is very similar where you take turns at the same time and then it's kind of like rock paper scissors 
to determine like what Digimon wins. But yeah, no, not a lot of people are going to know about that just because <laughs> the game never really took off. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So in a round, players take turns starting with a player on attack. A player can play cards during their turn or pass. If both players pass without acting, the round ends. Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite thing about the game. I think this is like such a, a small but brilliant uh, design choice in like in, in designing the game is if it's your turn to attack you basically get priority first and you can think of it like uh, each player basically you get an action and when I take an, an action of any kind then the other player gets a chance to take an action so my action could be playing a creature it could be playing a spell um, or it could be attacking all of those things uh, uh, use your action and give the other player a chance to respond. Hmm. Uh, so this this actually leads to really interesting strategic decisions where sometimes uh, you actually want more information, so you want your opponent to act before you. But uh, so so you might start the turn by attacking with like your small creature from last turn instead of playing your creature for this turn first because you want to see what they're going to do before you decide what you're going to do. It's, there's a really interesting decision there. So a lot of times huh. you won't like play your 5-drop and then attack with your 5-drop because if I play a 5-drop, well, then they get a chance to play a 5-drop. Wow, um, that's so, that's different. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. it ends. Up, it's, it's a really interesting balancing act. Um, so yeah, so if I, if I attack first for my action, the other person has to do something first. And since they can't attack, they're going to either play a card or do nothing. Um, which is usually better. Uh, it, it gives you more information anyways. Okay, uh, we'll talk about the next uh, kind of gameplay feature. All cards have a mana cost and are unplayable unless a player has enough available mana to use the card. Spells have access to a special pool of mana called spell mana. Unused mana at the end of the turn will be converted into spell mana up to a max of three. Spells use spell mana before using normal mana. So what does that mean? Um, okay, this is my second favorite design choice that they made when making the game. Uh, spell mana is, is, is very, very cool. It incentivizes you basically to not make a deck that's 100% creatures, like, or else you're just going to be wasting potential mana that you could have access to. So if I, if I, on turn three, have access to three mana, and I don't use any of it. I pass my turn three. I don't do nothing. On turn four, uh, my I'm gonna get one more mana because the the mana progression in this game works very similar to like Hearthstone. You start turn one with one mana, and then every turn you get access to one more, up to ten. Um, so on, if I do nothing on turn three with my three mana, on turn four I actually have four normal mana and three spell mana. So if I'm playing a creature, I have four mana. But if I'm playing a spell or or a creature and a spell, I have uh, up to seven. Which is really, really interesting. It means that in early turns, if you don't have anything to do, it's less punishing than in Magic. Because you mm -hmm. can always save up that mana and, and use it later. If you don't do anything on turn 1 or turn 2, then you exactly fill up your 3 spell mana. So on turn 3, you could play a 3 drop and then a 3 mana spell. Okay. And this reminds me of Hearthstone's uh, mechanics, where both Runeterra and Hearthstone have this mechanic. That circumvents the problem that magic has, which is mana flooding or getting mana screwed. Does that? Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's de it definitely helps a lot. It m mean yeah, it's definitely like it's less punishing if you have nothing to do early. That's one of the things that I think is like 
I, I think you could argue that Magic could do like a, a flat progression system in the way that Legends of Runeterra does, where you just get one more mana every turn. I think this, it's an interesting debate uh, because having to draw your mana in Magic, having to draw the physical card and then play it and then have access to the resource, it means <laughs> that if you're the kind of deck designed to get 10 mana, um, you can have 10 mana cards actually be more powerful in magic because you have to work to get there whereas in legends of runeterra you get there for free basically like if you if you survive for long enough you're gonna have 10 mana so there's there's a give and take the the, the cost with making it so that if you want to hit high mana numbers you have to have lands in your deck means having lands in decks which means yeah sometimes variance happens and you don't draw them or you draw too many yeah you need to find the balance of the right ratio of CMC average CMC to like decks in your decks that you would put in your deck lands that you would put in your deck sorry <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the next point spell cards have three speeds slow fast and burst uh, so slow spells cannot be played during combat or in response to another spell after being played a spell stack starts and the opponent gets a chance to respond to the spell and pre- perhaps even prevent it so I think this is the most similar to a sorcery. Yes. Yep, that would be the way to think about it. And like, non-spells, like creatures, also work the same as in magic. They basically work sorcery speed. You can't like mm-hmm. respond to a spell with a creature, unless it has flash, but generally speaking. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the difference between the spell speeds, um, it's fairly straightforward. So slow spells work very similar to sorceries. Um, and fast spells work very similar to instant. And then there's one more speed uh, in Legends of Runeterra called Burst, which is basically, you can think of it like split second. Um, mm. Burst spells, they don't use your action and they resolve instantly and the other person doesn't get a chance to respond to them. Um, I think uh, that's the best description anyone's ever explained those three spell speeds to me. Oh, good. <laughs> well, excellent. Yeah. Glad yes. to have done it. Um, the the one thing that's worth noting here is sorceries in magic are a little bit worse than sorcery speed in legends of runeterra because in magic i i can't play sorceries on your turn but in legends of runeterra since we basically share the same turn and we're just alternating actions i can play sorceries on on any turn the the tricky thing is just you can't use sorceries or anything at sorcery speed to respond to something before it resolves how do you visually tell the difference between those? Uh, like in the game? Yeah. Does uh, it say like uh, slow, fast, burst? Yeah, it says it, and there's like a little icon associated with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I know Blake, you wrote down like speed <laughs> one, two, three in Yu-Gi-Oh, but like who the fuck knows anything about that? So like, dude, Yu-Gi-Oh spell example. speed is probably the most complicated bullshit. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't even begin to t- explain why. Yeah, I was I was telling Alex, but like we've played the game for like four or five years, but yeah, we wouldn't really be able to tell you like what's what's what on the on, I just, even on the cards. I, pro- I probably list like fifty different examples, and like that's the best I could ex- like explain how they work. <laughs> yeah, the, in this game, they work very similarly to Magic in that it like it says it on the card, like it it, it says slow, faster, burst, similar to how it says like creature, instant, sorcery. I like that. I'm just going to move on to the next kind of gameplay feature, which is when playing a unit card, either a follower or a champion, the unit is moved 
from the hand to the bench. What does that mean, Alex? Okay, yeah. So first of all, I'll talk about the distinction between like types of units. Uh, units being what Legends of Runeterra, that's like the terminology it uses to refer to creatures. Um, there's two different types of creatures. There's champions, which are really good creatures that you can have a limited number of in your deck. You have a 40 card deck, up to six of them can be champion cards, and you can only have up to three copies of a specific champion. So if you want to max out on champions, you have to include at least two different ones. And then everything else that's not a champion is just like a normal, they're called, they're called followers, but I'm going to continue to just call them creatures for ease of understanding. Sure. Okay, so then when you when you play a creature, uh, it gets dropped onto the battlefield. Uh, you could refer it as to as the bench, the battlefield. I don't know, kind of. However, you yeah, want to. It's kind of like about Pokemon. It. Like Pokemon has a zone between the hand and the field. It's not quite both. It's like halfway between the two. That's how I like to think about it. Oh, interesting. Um, it, yeah, in Legends of Runeterra, there's like three zones. Basically, there's in your hand, there's in play, and then there's like, you can think of it as like in combat. Like, there's like a separate zone that you move the creatures to, like physically, when you're yeah. like saying, okay, I'm attacking it with this thing. I mean, it, there's a lot of like, like that shorthand basically happens in magic. Like, people tend to like move their creatures forward when they're attacking with them to like create an easy distinction for people. It's basically like that, but made into a concrete zone. Hmm. Yeah, I think the. Because I, I do know a little bit about the Pokemon TCG, and the bench in the Pokemon TCG is more like your Pokemon that are sitting off to the side that aren't in battle, but they will never go into battle until the Pokemon that is in battle comes off the field. So, whereas in Legends of Runeterra, you have your bench, and then you could just move them all to the battlefield to attack, or you could save them to like sit on the bench and wait for like maybe blockers. But, yeah, in the TCG, they're more like setups for who's next after the Pokemon that's on the field is done. Yeah, and um, this game, combat works more similarly to Magic than like than like Hearthstone or other card games. Like in Hearthstone, you attack with creatures individually. Like you say, I'm attacking this creature with this creature. Uh, and, and and then you resolve that, and then like you could play another spell and then attack with another creature. In Legends of Runeterra combat works similar to Magic. You attack with any number of creatures, but you do that all at once, and it consumes what's called the attack token. It's just like a little indicator that you get as to whether or not you have an attack available to you. Um, mm -hmm. So, but you only get you only get the one. So if you're attacking with any creatures, they they have to go at that time or not at all that turn. Mm. All or nothing. Yes. Um, so yeah. Uh, if you don't have enough blockers, then you assign your units to block, and the units that get through your opponents deal damage to your nexus. And unlike magic, uh, there is no multi-blocking. So mm -hmm. one unit or creature to an opponent's unit or creature. Yep. And similar to magic... Um, sorry, I was taking a swig of my alcohol like an adult. <laughs> um... And similar to, to Magic, uh, I declare my attackers, and then you declare your blockers. I don't, like, say, I'm attacking your creature. I just attack you generally, and then you pick how blocking happens. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense as someone who's played many card games. All right, I'm such a prick. Um, all right, so we also have the gameplay feature of players can also play ex 
expeditions to gain additional chests and unlock uh, unlocks quicker. What does that okay. mean? Yeah, so I'll I'll touch on basically you're talking about like progression of like acquiring cards within the game. Um, the thing that Legends of Runeterra is doing that's really really interesting uh, in terms of the the progression. Like in Magic, you buy packs and packs have cards in them, and you'd, like what you get is up to chance, unless you're buying like singles from a third party seller or something. In Legends of Runeterra, they don't have packs that you can buy. Uh, they have hmm. like, like things that are like, they call them like capsules and chests that basically work similar to packs where they're randomized cards with like a rare or something in them, um, that you unlock through like playing the game and completing quests and like getting daily rewards and stuff. But you're not, you actually can't straight up buy them. The, what you can buy are wild cards, which works the, the same as, uh, like Magic Arena. Like, uh, you buy champion wild cards or, like, rare wild cards, epic wild cards, like, common wild cards, etc. And you are actually limited in the number of them that, that the game allows you to buy, I believe, on a weekly basis. Like, you you literally cannot buy more than three champion wild cards in a week. It won't let you... It will not let you spend your money. Like, so it, it actually <laughs> intentionally reduces the uh, extent to which you can pay to win. You can pay to unlock cards and decks faster but there's an interesting phenomenon that that gets created whenever a set comes out or like when the open beta started and in the early days of the open beta um there was totally imperfect information because nobody was able to just drop like 300 dollars into buying as a ton of packs and unlocking like every card everybody had to literally play the game and unlock the progression to unlock most of their cards um, so like the the meta was imperfect because like on day one nobody's gonna have more than like two good decks there's just no way for them to have it yet so the the new set having come out two days ago uh, I, I was playing a little bit earlier today <laughs> to like warm up for this podcast <laughs> the, the I was seeing some cards from the new set but probably like not nearly as many as I'll see in a couple days when more people have unlocked more things so it's an interesting environment of imperfect information Hmm. Huh. Okay. It's weird that we live in because that's kind of very similar to Magic back in the day when, like, in the mid '90s, when nobody knew exactly like what the cards were in a set, and you would have to like either buy a bunch of packs or just have to play with a lot of people to kind of like see all the different cards. But now we live in a time where information uh, age. Yeah, and I mean, we spoiled the whole. There's like spoiler seasons for all the new magic sets that come out so we get to see prior to that like oh these are the, the chase cards that i want to have but it doesn't sound like in legend of terra even though we live in a time of like digital technology it still is very much a slow process of like kind of releasing what is potentially something that you could get from this new set um and i'll, I'll say really briefly you mentioned uh expeditions in there just yes. as an explanation of what that is, that is the game's version of draft. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, all right, so the last thing for at least the uh, gameplay or game mechanics is players can only have ten cards in hand and six units in play, and cards that exceed this limit will be obliterated. So, I think as we mentioned earlier, to kind of the um, errata rule that we were talking about, where 
if you you couldn't play a seventh creature but now if you have six you could play quote unquote your seventh however you would have to like sacrifice or obliterate uh one on the field in order to play it mm. obliterate is this game's term for exile uh it doesn't trigger death triggers that's the 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 main thing to to note Ooh. okay so I can't just like fill my opponent's hand up with like 37 cards and wait for them to like <laughs> die by filling out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The if you are to if you if you have 10 cards in hand at the beginning of your turn and then you have to draw another one, it's basically like it, it gets obliterated. Yeah, it just Ooh. you you exile it. Similar to Hearthstone. Hearthstone worked that way as well. Okay. I'm so, guessing that. Draw, having your opponent draw a bunch of cards is also not a strategy just because you know you're on a mana system that only allows you to have so much mana and basically if like in magic if you just had your opponent draw their whole deck to the point where they would lose you know that's that's one way that you could do it but in this game it doesn't seem like that you would want to do that because you probably only have so much mana to allow them to draw cards and at that point, they could just kind of like sculpt their hand to like be whatever they want it to be or whatever's best in that kind of situation. Um, yeah. Uh, and in this game, there's not currently a lot of ways. It's a very young game, but there's not a lot of ways to, to make your opponent draw cards. That could be something that they add later on. Like that was a, a, a niche strategy in Hearthstone, I believe, to like try and make your opponent draw more cards than they could have in hand and therefore like mill them. Um, but that's not currently a thing in the game. Okay. Maybe one day. Uh, Maybe one day. How about, how about we transition into talking about the cards? You know, we've been talking about how the game kind of operates, its, me its mechanisms, but like let's start talking about like the types of cards uh, that you actually play in this game. Um, and let's start off with like region types. Alex, I'm gonna have you read these because I'm gonna fuck up the names so hard. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah, I'll I got you. Let me let me take a stab at these. Okay, so there's seven regions. I'll blast through these names quickly because they mean nothing to you. But if you're familiar with League of Legends, they're Demacia, Freljord, Ionia, Noxus, Piltover slash Zon, Shadow Isles, and Bilgewater, which is the new one that just came out with the release of the current set, like two days ago. We have sort of tried to explain them in the way that uh, Ma magic has the color pie and like what some of them like more or less align with colors on the color pie but it's not a perfect comparison um some of them so don't what? like fit well into into one of those types would you say it's like more like deck building styles is a better way to describe them yeah so basically when you're building a deck there's there, there's these seven regions your deck can contain uh, up to two of them so you can make one that's just one region or it can be two which is I think uh, a decision that's made out of necessity magic solves this by because you have to put the actual lands in your deck for the colors you want to play um, if you're playing five color like it's just like built in that your your land situation is going to be more difficult in terms of like getting the color requirements um, right. because every card in this game uses the same type of like generic mana that you get every turn um, they mm -hmm. have to like manually limit you so that you don't just play a deck that is every region and you're just playing the best cards from every region mm. okay that makes sense when you put it like that like a, a, a quick and easy run through uh, that I don't I don't know if this is massively useful to people but if you are gonna pick up the game uh, the 
Demacia is similar-ish to white. It's got some uh, a mix of like uh, like like a bunch of creatures ver- uh, and and some beefier creatures. Uh, it, it's it's very creature centric. Um, Freljord is you, you can think of it as as kind of green, like green green asterisk. Uh, it <laughs> it has a bunch of beefy dudes. But it's also got like some like ice themed effects. Like it, it, most of the spells in Freljord um, have to do with like something called frostbiting, which is like reducing uh, opponents' uh, uh, creatures' attack to zero for the turn. So Freljord in general is like it's like a little bit slower. It's got big dudes and ways to delay the game. Ionia is like the game's closest thing to blue. There's a bunch of like spells in there. Um, it's it's got uh, also like some evasive creatures, um, but it doesn't have really a ton of like beefy creatures. Um, then there's the game's version of red is basically Noxus, uh, which focuses on small, efficient, powerful creatures that are quick, and it has spells that are based around dealing damage and killing stuff. And then the last one that like neatly-ish lines up with a magic color, black's like equivalent would be Shadow Isles, which is about death and dying and killing your own creatures and having tokens and death triggers and like uh, yeah things like that. Um, then there's <laughs> then the other two don't really fit in. There's there's Piltover slash Zon, which is like kind of just like a utility. Uh, region like it, it has like some some good removal spells it's got um, some like utility creatures it's got some some of the like funkier are uh, strategies are available in there it's it's kind of hard to explain and like line it up with something perfectly and then I swear right. I'm almost through these the last and one if anyone yeah because oh, if, if anyone knows about like translating there's never one for one there's always there's always the concept of lost in translation it's like it's yeah mm-hmm. i feel like yeah. this is a pretty good comparison though it's not it's not perfect it's not neat and then the last one that i just added is bill's water which i don't i feel like i can't explain it super well within magic terms it's <laughs> bill's water is funky man it's got some weird stuff it's sort of spread out it's got the stuff that cares about self-milling but it's also got stuff that's good at dealing damage to uh, like a bunch of the opponent's creatures in small doses uh spread out and it's also got some weird tricky spell stuff generally speaking um each region has it, it there's variety within it um it's not so much like uh magic in which like red most of red's cards are aggressive um and 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 like they're aggro focused um like sometimes in like various standard formats you can have like a, a deck that's like big red that, that plays like the beefier red cards but in Legends of Frontier, it seems like they seem to make an effort to make it so that each faction has like specific and obvious weaknesses but it's not so much that they're focused on doing just one thing mm-hmm. yeah so you mentioned that Bilgewater was just added with this new set that just came out and in the League of Legends universe if that's uh, do you, could you foresee more like fra- uh, factions uh, being added into the game like 
in the future or um that's a really interesting question uh we haven't like they haven't fully explored all of the different like regions and types of characters that are that that like exist in the league lore but it's more finite than like magic is where magic can just continually create new universes basically yep <laughs> yeah so it, i i'm I, it'll be interesting to see how they do that basically with this last update what they did was they added one more region and they added one more champion to each currently existing region so my assumption would be that at some point you can't really add more regions without expanding upon the lore which they might do that could be a direction that they choose but other than that you can expand upon existing regions give them even more depth add new characters that encourage different types of decks and have new mechanics stuff like that so that's a hard maybe a hard maybe (laughs) all right uh should we talk about card types now uh we've kind of talked about it a little bit already but there are kind of two types of cards unit cards and spell cards and each of them have their own card subtypes. Unit cards have three standard values. There's the power, uh, which shows up, uh, which shows how much damage a unit can deal in, uh, in battle. Health, which shows how much damage a unit can take before being destroyed. Uh, it's it's very much like power and toughness in Magic and like attack and defense in Yu-Gi-Oh. And almost this is like a feature in almost any card game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Similar system. Um, the main difference in this game is that in Magic, damage wears off at the end of the turn. This game does the same thing that Hearthstone did, where any damage that your creature takes is permanent. I mean, like you can oh. heal it and stuff, but damage doesn't go away at the end of the turn. That I did not know. Yeah. Mm. So that's one of I the. Didn't realize. The, the things that like changes the ecosystem of the game the most compared to Magic. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but uh, yeah, like you were saying, there's, 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 then there's two different types of creatures: champions and followers. Which is, mm-hmm. uh, you can think of followers just as any creature that's not a champion. Uh, I, I wouldn't like define them in any category beyond that. And champions, you could think of as like really good legendary creatures. they they function sort of similar to legendary creatures in that if you play one if i play annalise uh, i play the the spider lady they should be really good yeah she's very good she's a a two three for two that when she attacks makes a one one so she's like an aggressively costed creature she's very good but any extra copies of elise that i have in my hand then turn into their air quote signature spell so i think elise's is like a three mana spell that makes two one ones but yeah so you can't like play multiple champions from your hand you actually can have multiple of the same champion in play through like other effects like if you have an effect that resurrects a champion that died you can have more than one elise in play um but you you can't like just play a bunch of elises so like what other features can champions do like so they they have like one other major component to them the champions are sort of they're the most complicated card type they have their signature spell that they're associated with that they turn into and they have the ability to level up one time they have some requirement that once you meet it uh over the course of playing the game uh they get more powerful so usually that involves like a stat boost and better abilities and things like that so there's one champion 
Jinx, who levels up when your hand is empty. And so she's a very aggressive creature, and when your hand is empty, she turns into a one-sided howling mine. You draw two cards every turn, and then uh, you get a bonus every time you empty your hand again. Um, There's... There's champions like uh, like Fiora, who's the 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 three three that uh, when she she kills stuff, eventually you win the game. She levels up when when she kills two things and survives, which is harder to do because damage stays in this game. Uh, then she levels up, she gets a little bit stronger and unlocks the win the game clause if you kill two more things, so four total. Um, yeah, they all have that sort of like special condition upon which they become stronger. Um, and that and condition is sort of what like in- inspires deck building around the champion. Okay. Alright, so this game's kind of making sense to me. Like, we've talked about gameplay, we've talked about cards. I want to interrogate you now, though, Alex. <laughs> I want to ask you a few uh, questions. Hit me. Let's do it. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to spend the last few minutes asking Alex some questions here. So, uh, Alex, what kind of advice would you give someone who is playing Magic... Uh, but wants to start uh, playing Legends of Runeterra. Okay, so this is... Oh, man, this is so fun. I love contrasting the strategic differences between the two games. Um, one, the, one of the things is the thing I mentioned earlier where attacking first is better than, like, your, your magic-adjusted brain would assume it is um, because playing a creature or a spell usually allows your opponent to then do the same thing. So if it's like turn four and I play four drop and then they play a four drop, their four drop probably kills all of my three drops and two drops that I have from the previous turns. So generally it is often better to attack with my three drop and two drop now before they get a chance to play something better um, and then play cards afterwards. So you frequently attack first in turns. But not always. And so there's an interesting decision-making that can happen there. But I think the main other difference in gameplay... Oh, there's two. Okay, there's a bunch of them. But I'm gonna I'm picking two. <laughs> the, the, the first one is that because damage stays, cards that deal small increments of damage are better than you think they are. And cards that... Or, or when you're in combat, trading off your small creatures into big ones is better than you think because in magic if i block your five five with my three three that just feels bad for me because i lose a creature and don't really get anything unless i have another way to finish off your five five um Mm -hmm. in in this game i can trade my three three into your five five now and then at any point in the future i can like kill your finish off your five five with my two one because it only has two health left um so trading is better uh, or, or chump blocking is better. Uh, and so the the last like big strategic like paradigm shift would be since you alternate um, attacking and defending, but your resources refresh every turn, you get your mana uh, refilled every turn. In magic, like this is sort of a weird one to explain the. My mana fills up at the start of my turn, and then I can choose to either spend it like aggressively if I'm planning on attacking you, or I can like hold it and play it defensively. But that's uh, you you get your mana refreshed on the turn when you're defending. Um, so there's like a, a like a more interesting ebb and flow to it where 
sometimes you actually don't you can attack with the creatures that you have currently out but you don't need to develop your next attacker immediately like you can sort of play reactively on your attacking turn if you want based on what your opponent's doing because you have a chance where all your mana is going to come back before the next time you're going to attack and the same goes the, the same way um, you can play sort of offensively on the turn where you're blocking because you always have an opportunity to, before you attack, spend mana doing something else you would want to do before your attack. So yeah, you can you can think ahead and time your turns out uh, in in sort of a different manner because okay. of the resource I think, refreshing. I think all of these things are very doable, and I think in the end will make people better card game players in general, just being mm -hmm. more well rounded. Are there any good tips from Magic? So you kind of talked about like, you know, things that you shouldn't do um, from Magic and then do in Le Legends of Runeterra, like kind of do the opposite. But are there things that would translate well from Magic that you should do, that you should continue to do in Legends of Runeterra? That's actually a fantastic question. Uh, most things stay <laughs> the same. Drawing a card is still really good. Um, like, I think it it's possible that drawing a card in Legends of Runeterra is actually a little bit more powerful than in Magic just because you can't draw lands. Like, mm. every time you draw a card, it is something that you can do something with. It's some kind of gas, probably. Um, mm. you, you don't have those, those turns where you just, like, you draw extra cards, but they're lands, so you actually didn't really gain, like, more options or abilities to do things. Um, yeah, so drawing a card, maybe actually even better still value that quite a lot removal in general it it feels a little bit different or i'll, I'll say it like this it looks different in legends of runeterra but actually kind of feels the same ish somehow to magic removal in legends of runeterra is actually more expensive like in magic i feel like for standard the the staple cost for like destroy a creature for like murder is three it costs three mana Something that says straight up destroy a creature in Legends of Runeterra costs seven mana, which feels like a ton. Um, and like their version of Counterspell costs four mana. This is like, it, it looks like it's going to be super jarring and different, but then when you take spell mana into account, um, it ends up like if you're playing a deck that's mostly creatures with a handful of interaction. <coughs> excuse me. Um, chances are you're going to have like the random like leftover one mana and two mana that where you couldn't spend your mana perfectly on turns has built up so that you can use spells using spell mana to give them a discount. Um, so it ends up playing similar-ish. Um, and because damage doesn't go away, most of the removal in this game is damage-based. Um, and you, you can stack up damage from multiple sources to kill creatures. So the... I wouldn't get put off by how expensive removal in interaction looks because it doesn't really play that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know we have something written down here, but I'm going to ask a similar but different question. Yeah, so, that's fine. Alex, in like your opinion, what is like the advantage that uh, Legends of Runeterra has over Magic or any other card game in general? Like, there's a bunch of card games out there. Why should people play Runeterra? That's a really good question. Um, I think the main selling points, like I mentioned, the progression and the intentional reduction of your ability to pay to win 
is 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 really good and and i it, at least it seems like seems to be working out for them in terms of like a like a monetization thing um you can mm. buy like cosmetic like non-game impacting things like you can buy like cosmetics that change the the appearance of your board which is basically like playmats but the the progression thing is a huge part of it i think i mean one of the biggest advantages it has over magic is just the fact that it came out afterwards and got to learn everything from magic and from all the games that have come before it um to me playing it very much feels like i'm playing something that is like a really really well reasoned well thought out look at the card game genre and taking the best decisions from games that have really really nailed something like my main gripe with hearthstone is that i really like the part of magic that uses the stack and has interaction and you can have like these like like spell wars where like i play a spell and then you counter it and then i respond with a different spell like like that's super cool to me um and i and i really like that and i like that this game has that the the main other thing that i would say is like a a really good argument for why this game is something special uh is Mm -hmm. the the card balance um because the game doesn't by default come in packs that you buy and you just unlock packs they actually don't really have much of a motivation to include cards that would be like air quotes draft chaff (laughs) like you don't the the cards that are like just straight up bad or worse than like alternates that you have available uh that's not really a thing the goal and they've said this explicitly in like dev blogs and stuff the goal for this game is to not have bad cards like if they're putting a card in the game they're they're they want it oh, to be useful in at least one good deck. Mm. Um, so unlocking cards and the progression feels better because you never really get like the disappointing moments where you open a pack and like it's just a bunch of bad cards in there. Like you might open duplicates and things you already have, but like the your hit rate is much higher. So it feels much better to to, to unlock the cards. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, what you said earlier, I have something to comment on, where you're like the progression um, for you as a person through the game is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent probably two hours reading reviews, and the summation of that is that 99% of people, that was one of their things that they liked about it. Uh, they gave it five out of five stars. Like 99% of people gave five out of five stars, saying, this, like, I really love this game. And one thing I kept seeing pop up was the fact that you could progress through the game fairly easily, that you were getting all of these pretty good cards, like day one, like the first week of playing this game. It was very, and then the app, like the game itself is free. And so it's just very new player friendly. Whereas Magic, like it really benefits the people who've been playing for years and years and years. And you could make that argument for like other games like Hearthstone and like, uh, other games so that that is one thing that i i like as someone who has never played the game i think will agree with you that it's very like new user friendly because it's not air quotes pay to win um yeah yeah it's it's that part of it feels really nice um it's a such a fascinating take on the the genre because i don't 
think i mean i i think there's been like uh i i can't recall which it was like gwent or shadowverse or somebody somebody did this sort of approach before um and i think honestly if I, it, it, it like at the end of the day it's probably just like part of the this is like the first like major publisher that has done that in like a what what's sort of set up to be a big game like hearthstone's success is was definitely helped by the fact that blizzard made it um and and this game's success is going to be hugely helped by the fact that that riot games made it um and and so this is probably the first time that that's been brought to like like a, a really big headliner game i think i'm sure there's somebody who's going to prove me wrong but i i, th- <laughs> I think that's right <laughs> we'll find out uh guy so do you I, have any last questions well yes i have a couple last questions because it's very interesting to me how this game is purely digital and will probably always be digital it is unlikely that there could be a paper version of it and so kind of to ask a question off a point you made earlier but so if you open up like duplicates of a card um i understand like if you you need like maybe three elises and that's like the max you can have for like a deck but when you have three elises and you build a second deck and if you want to have like the shadow isles as part of your uh region for like a new deck do you need to have like six elises to be able to distribute three of those to each of the decks or are you able to have the three elises and then just be set like you have three elises and then since it's just digital it's not like you need to uh move cards physically through paper can you just have three and then say okay i want to build this new deck just take the three from the other one. Yeah. But like, remember that. Yeah, it, it, it works, uh, I think, how you're describing. Yeah, if uh, you can, you if you have three Elises, you can throw those three Elises happily into every single deck you make if you are, uh, if you love the card that much. Yeah, you can absolutely put your, your same three copies of the card into every single deck. You, there's no need to ever have more than three copies. And if you ever get more than three copies of a card, um, it gets like, like, air quotes, disenchanted, it gets refunded into like your in-game currency that you can use to unlock cards as well as wild cards. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know if that's like how Magic Arena does that, but it's just something that I was thinking about as like a potential flaw, or I could just see how that could get kind of frustrating for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you see any other advantages for this game being uh, digital versus having like a paper format? Or um, It definitely feels like they are very... Ex- very, they're they're not shy about exploring the uh, space that becomes available when you specifically make it digital. There's like plenty of things that um, create uh, copies of cards. Like like when you when you cast your champion's signature spell, it shuffles a copy of that champion back into your deck, like a a, a new copy of it. Um, there's cards that like you pick a card in your hand and it creates three new copies of it and shuffles them into your deck. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it has, like, the thing that Hearthstone did a bunch of, where there's a few cards that have, like, like, create a random copy of a card in your hand. Um, 
it, it has overall less RNG style effects than Hearthstone. It sort of seems like a big motivator when they were designing it is anything that anyone has ever bitched about in a card game, they've like at uh, least put some amount of thought into seeing is there a way that we can improve this. I've been like infinitely impressed like with the the amount of things where I look at this and I'm like, oh, they took a thing that existed in a in a different like card game that I've played and they just tweaked it a bit to make it less frustrating like the the self mill thing milling from the bottom of your deck totally fixes the the frustration and magic that people get when they mill a good card off the top of their deck and oh, for another it's so salty <laughs> yeah oh man dude people hate it and it's funny <laughs> because like but with as far as probabilities go you're, there's an equal chance that you mill like a card that's not useful versus a card that is useful, but that doesn't stop people from getting annoyed by it when it happens. Even um, if you mill a land, they're like, no, I needed that land, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, similarly, they, they have like an ability in the game that's basically first strike, works the exact same way, except it's only active when you're the attacking player. Um, which, I, which to me... Is actually just like a better first strike because it's first strike that that is interesting and good in offensive situations, but it means you can't just sit there with your first striker and use that defensively to de-incentivize people to attack you. It, it, it like more it makes it a more specific ability and therefore like has it has more gameplay depth to it. I like that. And then the last thing that I would ask is so again, digital versus paper, and magic has the advantage of. You know, people have been able to experiment and, you know, create their own for own formats, which is how EDH came to be. Like, a group of people were just saying, like, oh, we have a bunch of these cards, and here's how we're going to make decks, and here's how we're going to play the game. I mean, you use the same basic uh, fundamentals, but you're able to, like, put your own spin on it. Whereas Legends of Runeterra is a program game and doesn't have any kind of, like, uh, creativity to that point. But do you think that there were, I mean, I guess this is way too early to say, but like, is there a chance like, you know, there could be other formats to uh, Legends of Runeterra or, you know, uh, multiplayer? Is that a possibility in the future or do you think it'll always be like a 1v1 kind of thing? That's a really good question. Um, basically, at the moment, all that it currently exists is like, 60 card constructed and draft there's no like multiplayer that's not one versus one um i know that uh that was a big question that like people picking up the game and like the developing community had was is this like basically it for game modes what are your thoughts on that like asking asking the the developers um they did release uh some sort of like response or something at some point and I hope I don't butcher this, but I, I believe they said basically that they understand that that's a, a big part of why other people, of why people like other card games, and that's something that they they want to explore. Me personally, I think that I would be impressed if they found a good way to do multiplayer. Um, I think that they are limited by the fact that they have decided to make the game work on mobile as well. It to me, it just seems very very hard to 
design a, a layout that like works effectively for for multiplayer in mobile i think like you like you just run into issues with real estate so i would be personally kind of surprised if they managed to make multiplayer work i mean that said they've like done a bunch of other like really clever things that i would have never thought of so like if they find a way to make it work then i can eat my own words but like i i would be shocked if it ever hit multiplayer but i would expect other 1v1 formats to come out okay uh, i mean it gonna, is very I'm... early to say like whether or not that's a possibility i was just kind of curious since you've played the game the most do you envision a way of that happening because i know like in the early days of magic and at least people had like the ability with the physical cards to kind of like be able to like test that on their own and then like say hey this does kind of work we just kind of go around in a circle and then take our turns um but you know it's all in the hands of the developers at the moment it's not something that you and I could just like sit down and like experiment and say like okay well here's how it works it would kind of just be like a big guessing game because we'd have to say like well we think that this could be the best way since we would just have to go off the rules but we wouldn't we would have to like pretty much make our own physical card game to like see if that would work I'll also just say really fast uh of all the trading card games like magic and Legends of Runeterra, and Hearthstone, and Pokemon, and Force of Will, etc, etc, etc. In the world of trading card games, there's only been like one game that has multiplayer, and that's Commander, and that's the reason I play it. It's like mm -hmm. no one's, due to the rules of the game, are pretty restricted to scaling up to multiplayer. But, you know, you know maybe it'll happen, because... Maybe the rules of the game will work in multiplayer, but who knows? I mean, personally, this is like completely off topic, but I've always felt like that's the next big step for Yu-Gi-Oh! If Yu-Gi-Oh! really wants to like <laughs> evolve as a game or like make something completely different. I know that they've kind of in introduced like Rush Duels, which is like this new format that that's aside from Yu-Gi-Oh! But I always wanted them to kind of like make a clear like two or a uh, two-player team or four-player uh, kind of round just because, like, when you play that as uh, just jank on your own, it's really hard and, like, can easily, like, cannibalize itself where uh, once you pick on one person, then you're left defenseless. And then, like, once the first person makes a move, it pretty much is clear who's going to win at that point. Yeah. In my experience, uh, at least. Like, just probably not going to happen. Anyways, yeah. we're, we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, to all you listeners, you know, we've been talking for, like, about, like, an hour or so for now. And, like, you can listen to us, but, like, just get the game. Like, test it out for yourself. Think it's for free. yourself. It's free. Like, worst case scenario, you play it for, like, ten minutes. You find out you don't like it, and you delete it. But, like, that's... Just just try it out for yourself. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. And, Alex, do you have any final words that you want to say? Um, yeah. Uh, definitely just go go into it with an open mind. I have definitely talked to some people who, I, who I've who i played Magic with, who I'm like, hey, there's this new... There's this new game. It's it's not Magic, but it's kind of similar. And I think they've made, like, a bunch of really interesting improvements. Um... Yeah, just go with an open mind. Don't be too jaded. I've had, I've definitely like the the. I've had those people be like, eh, nah, and like go in with a very pessimistic viewpoint. Like it, 
it's good. Um, it's not perfect, but it's good if you're if you're uh, uh, open to it. So yeah, that's it. That that's I mean, actually a really good point because when I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh years years and years back, like it was a, like a like it was like an abusive relationship where I'm just like, no, no, don't don't pull me into EDH. No, what are you doing? And then like as soon as I was in EDH, I'm like, oh my god, what was I doing with my life up until this point? This is so much healthier. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the big selling point to me is that this is mobile and I can play it anywhere, whereas even now in, like, quarantine, it's kind of tough. I mean, I have Alex here, and he and I have been able to get some 1v1 EDH games on, but if that weren't the case and if I was just alone, um, I wouldn't be able to play Magic because it's very limited to who can play digitally at the moment. But Legends of Runeterra now, like, anyone can play, so that's a huge upside to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do different things. Legends of Runeterra will never be magic. Magic will never be Legends of Runeterra. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Just just as we're about to finish up this podcast, um, I just got a notification on my phone saying, uh, Legends of Runeterra, you have a reward waiting for you. So I will have to check out what that is. <laughs> very soon. <laughs> All right. Wow. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for Alex uh, being on thank this you, podcast. Alex. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Wizard Staff 101. You can find us on Instagram at the same handle. Send us an email at the Wizard Staff 101 at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and anywhere else that you can listen to uh, your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a like, comment, and subscribe. Or also YouTube, the, the other big one. Um, but we hope you're all safe during this quarantine and we hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Peace. Peace.